Crawl Space. I am Kim Crawl. I am reporting to you not live from a corner of my apartment. Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, what's up? I'm, I'm hopefully getting back on track of getting the early episodes out and just getting on track. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, does anybody else have this right now? Like, I feel like... So I feel like, you know, 2020 was like most of the lockdowns. And then 2021 was like half lockdown, half not lockdown. Lots of fighting over vaccines. You know, lots of like, uh, don't have big, don't have big uh, groups of people in your house. You know what I mean? Like it was like half of that. And then 2022 was like, oh, a little bit of that still. But, you know, COVID is still very real and scary. But like we're still trying to maintain, a, you know, figure out a new way to live. And now 2023 is like, we're back, baby. And I just feel so out of place in the world with that. You know, like I just I feel like I'm going back to who not who I was before the pandemic, but like my life, like I think working in a bar again or a restaurant, it's a restaurant. Um, again, is making me feel like I'm like right back where I was right before the world ended. And I'm, I'm having like, I'm having some problems with it. Um, I know a lot of it's my ego. I know a lot of it is just getting used to like this new, you know, kind of, I just feel really chaotic. And, um, and then I, so every place I've worked, you, there's like an app, right. For the restaurant, like there's various restaurant apps that, uh, you know, restaurants use to like communicate schedules and, and, you know, shift swap and all that stuff. And I just forgot how much I take everything so personally in these restaurant jobs. Um, and it may well have been me. They're, they're one, of, one of the guys who I adore. He's one of the main managers, and he is, I adore him. I adore him. He's awesome. But he just sent this message out to everybody that was like, hey, I understand. I have a potty mouth. It's fine. But like when you're talking to guests, even if you're building relationships, don't get loud and swear. And I'm like, I've only really worked there like three days. But was that me? I've, I've, like, I've only been a real person for two nights, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, I do swear a lot, and I am loud. But I can't picture, I don't know. But then I'm also like, it's fine. Don't do it again if you did do it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, ah, I forgot how in my head I can get with these restaurant jobs and how, and that's why I like the event job. Cause you literally just go, you follow the rules and you go home. And, and I mean, there is always like bureaucracy and drama and things that, you know, you have to talk about in any of these, these bartending jobs and maybe like regular jobs too. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've had like a nine to five but man, am I in my head about this? I'm like, did I swear at customers? Like, I am not really a person that'll just start yelling the F word at strangers. Um, I am a person, though, if I do start getting a rapport going. But I don't think I've had a rapport going with anybody, like, to the point where I'd be yelling and swearing. I have made some bar friends, which is fun. They, um, you know, some regulars that come in, and I hope they come back. But I don't know, man. I just feel drained. It's also been a really wild week. Um, last week, uh, as I record this, this happened a few days ago. So last week, as you listen to this, um, I, uh, recorded an unpopular opinion podcast. The unpops network has a now a new podcast called true crime sucks, which is really rad. Cause it actually like talks, you know, like, cause true crime is such a thing that people like really get into. And I, I don't think that you know, we as like audience members who are listening to these, you know, horrific events, always take into count that like these are like this happened to like real people. You know what I mean? Like this isn't just like our entertainment. I was watching the Dahmer um, Netflix show. I only got I mean, that really rattled me. It takes a lot to rattle me. And that rattled me. That guy had a great performance. And just that like not like I don't have empathy for Jeffrey Dahmer, obviously, because like he did a lot of really fucked up shit, like, you know, bad, bad, bad things. But, you know, when you look at the story, the guy asked for help so many times was like, hey, I think something's wrong with my brain. Can someone please help me? And his parents, society was like, nah, you're fine. Just get a girlfriend, you know, just, but like, so I was watching it. And then I, you know, as you do when you start watching, you know, these like terrific, horrific true crime things, um, you like go down a rabbit hole on the internet. I feel like everybody does that. Right. I think, uh, so I went down on like a rabbit hole on the internet and, uh, 
I saw how like all the victims, like the fam, the victims uh, are the families of the victims. The families of the victims were just like, we are so tired of them exploiting this story for more money. You know, like it's like, and so when the Netflix special came out, a lot of the families of the victims were just like, please don't watch this. Please, like this is like traumatic. And so I stopped watching it. So I, you know, I didn't, I didn't see how um, Netflix ended it just because I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. But this podcast that Adam Todd Brown, who runs Unpopular Opinion um, Network, he, he wants, he started a pod show called True Crime Sucks where you talk about how, truly you know we talk about how truly it sucks <laughs> and um he asked me uh to do an episode uh, about Jared Fogel and if you've I think I might have talked about this on last week's crawl space I talked about it a little bit on uh do you even lift up babe the patreon podcast with um Maggie Mayfield um but I you know I said yes to it I said yes to it kind of remembering his story. I knew he was a predator of some kind, but I just, I didn't really know much about the story. And I said yes to it. And it, and it was, it's, um, it was, it's, it, it was a tough, tough watch. It was, you know, three episodes. It took me like, I had to break it up like 20 different ways. And, um, it was tough. And, uh, you know, the great thing is, is I, you know, I told Adam, cause I was like, I don't think Adam knows my story. And I don't think that's why, I mean, basically Jared Fogel was like a, a pedophile, like a legit pedophile. Um, and, uh, oh my God. Um, you know, I slept for like a whole day after, after I recorded that. Um, I worked the next day and then I slept all day yesterday, just slept just cause it just took a lot out of me. But I, you know, Adam Todd Brown is a really, um, safe person. So right before we recorded, I, you know, I was like, I don't know if you know my story and I tell him, you know, about my dad and, uh, and he was like, oh, my God. And I, and I was like, yeah, this will be really tough for me. And he he was just like, you know, on it. And this was off air, so you can't hear it on the episode. But he was like, even if you canceled five minutes before we were to record something like this that you weren't able to do because of this sort like he's like you I would never punish you for that. I would never like take you off on pops. I would never be mad. It would be totally fine. And the reason why I, and I, you know, I'm, some of my proudest work on a podcast was this episode. It was really hard and it was really, it was really hard. And I already have like an, e like a couple emails from people who heard it and, and were glad I was there and glad I was a voice. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, him saying that, I'm like, well, you saying that makes me know that you are safe and that's why I feel safe talking about this. But I also think in those conversations, it's important to have somebody who is also a survivor chime in because you know we talked about grooming I don't know so check it out because I, I I'm proud of it in a way I feel like I was able to really articulate and remain poised but also be emo you know what I just I'm really proud of it I don't know how else to describe it but if you get a chance it's called true crime sucks um that's the Instagram handle and then I think yeah on, on the unpopular opinion I'll put it in my my bio and my um social medias uh, but yeah, man, that was, it was, and it was the first time I've ever actually said the words. I wouldn't, I don't know if I can do it on here, but I, I, um, I went to breakfast with two really like two of my best friends uh, a couple of days ago. And I, and I said, and they were like, you know, you've, I talk about my dad sexually abusing me. And those are typically the words I use. Um, but after watching that, like my father molested me, you know, and that's, Whew. I, and that my two dear friends are like, yeah, you've, we've, we hear, we know your story. We've heard you talk about it, but you've never used those words. And I, I don't know, watching this documentary and listening to these survivors, I was, it just, it, I think it's just such an important conversation to have. And I, because I, I think that there's so many way more than we know people who have been victims of sexual abuse and sexual, you know, molestation. And, uh, and I think that because we're uncomfortable talking about it, we don't talk about it. And I think the more we put it out there, the more we shine the light on this very heinous thing that happens, maybe we can give it a voice and change, change something. You know what I mean? Like uh, allow victims to know that there's safe places to talk to people about it. And even like if I would have just been able to hear someone somewhere, you know, it was a different time, obviously, you know, there wasn't the internet when this was happening to me, but if, 
if I heard a survivor somewhere talk about how it was okay to come forward or talk to somebody about it, maybe I could have gotten help. You know what I mean? Like, or maybe I would have felt safe enough to tell someone. And I don't know. That's one of the things I want to do with my life is it's uncomfortable. Sure. And it's ugly. Sure. But I think it's an important conversation to have. and I'm really proud of it. Uh, yeah, this last week has been kind of heavy, kind of bizarre. Um, uh, a, a friend of mine passed away and I've known him a really long time. And, uh, a bunch of my friends are, were really close to him. So that was more what the gut punch was. I've known him a long time, but we weren't crazy close. You know, we saw each other, we'd hug, we'd ask how we, the other one was doing. I saw him at a birthday party, maybe like five days before he, he passed away. And we hugged and I got to meet his daughter and just a bunch of, it was such a fucking gut punch. But we, um, my first job when I moved out to Los Angeles, I, I think I've probably mentioned this at some point on Crawl Space. I don't know. Maybe I have it. Um, but my first job when I moved out to Los Angeles was uh, I worked in a phone room uh, raising money for nonprofit organizations. And it's so funny because so th this this guy who his name is Jim, who passed away, um, he worked in the in the 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 company is called Donor Services Group. I don't think it exists anymore. Um, and uh, he worked there too, but he worked after me and a bunch of my friends worked there too that I never that and then randomly through comedy, I met these guys years later. And then now I'm like, a, you know, good group of friends. But so his memorial, Jim's memorial was, uh, and so I met Jim, you know, years after we, and then he was like, yeah, we worked, both worked at DSG. I'm like, oh, that's wild. Um, and so his memorial was last Saturday and people, I like, I mean, just talking about donor service. And so donor services group was such an interesting experience. It was my very first job coming to Los Angeles. It was a telemarketing phone room. And it was like, it was like a weird combination of a bunch of like has-beens and wannabes, right? Like people who had like had success in Hollywood, but like had stopped for whatever reason, whether they got kicked out of Hollywood, quit Hollywood or whatever, like the industry. And then people like me who were like brand new and bright eyed and like excited to be a famous movie star, you know, like it was, and we raised money for uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, a couple wildlife organizations, an anti-defamation league, um, a national historical organization where basically would try and like save buildings, I think it was. Um, national historic, I don't know what it was called, but, uh, and it's so funny because like when I went, I, I remember, and I, at the, at the memorial, I was talking to a few people and I was like, we all make fun of DSG a lot because it was just such a it was a wild place to live like Pee-wee from Porky's the actor was my boss and every morning would open up with like a weird monologue but like a fun like a comedy routine but then talk to us about how we needed to get our numbers up and raising money for these nonprofits. and when I first moved to LA like I was like you know I was I wasn't the like conservative Republican anti all of it that I was that I was raised with, um, because I'd gone to college and I, and I've talked about this, how I met the, the three women that were like, Hey, your views don't really match who you are as a person. Uh, maybe we could explain some stuff to you. And I, and I, and, and, but then when I got to LA, I wasn't like, now I'm, I'm so liberal. I get fucking unfriended all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so like, I, uh, which I'm proud of, um, but I'm so progressive now, but it, this place is really where it started. And so I, you know, trained with this woman, her name, her nickname was Cookie and, uh, she, she passed away like 10 years ago. I went to her funeral about 10 years ago, maybe longer, maybe shorter. I don't know. Time is not real, but a while ago I went to her funeral and, um, and yeah, she, we sat in a room for like three days while she just explained what was wrong with what was happening to the environment and how these organizations were trying to save it. Um, women's rights, uh, what Planned Parenthood actually did. And it, it, it changed me. It, you know, I, it, it fucking changed me. And there was a woman that was like a second mom to me. Oh my God, Gail. Her name was Gail. Or, you know, she was a mom figure to me, not my second mom, not my mom, but... And I, you know, I think she knew my father abused me way before. I mean, I know she knew my father abused me way before I did. Um, and yeah, she just, she, she was so, I, I, I ran into, I had a lot of encounters this last week of just like so many people have shaped so much of who I am. Um, 
And I'm so grateful for it because I wasn't raised with a lot of guidance. <laughs> um, you know, my, my parents had their own thing going on to put it nicely, but you know, I, I wasn't written. I came to LA and I just, I, I was lost and I was, you know, I was still very arrested development because I hadn't looked at, you know, being molested and abused. And I, you know, I barely knew my mom was an alcoholic and like, you know, you know, that, you know, she had her stuff, you know, I barely knew how to even, I just, I had no idea how to navigate any of it. Now I'll talk about this to anybody and I, I've worked through it so much after, after seeing this, this subway stuff, um, uh, Jared Fogel, I, uh, I am now more than ever excited to get into therapy because I, I just ripped a whole new layer of the onion off and it, it was, it was, it was tough. I, 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 I'm better now. It's been a few days and I'm better now, but, um, very triggering. If you, if you yourself was abused or molested, um, I wouldn't watch that documentary. Uh, I mean, I never watched any of those. I don't watch the Michael Jackson one. I didn't watch the, uh, the, the Weinstein one. I think there was one. And then there was also the Epstein one. Um, I had, I didn't, I don't watch those cause they, you know, they, 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 they're very hard for me. Like I have physical reactions, you know, not just like crying, but like physical. Um, but I ran in, I had so many encounters this week with people that shaped so much of who I am. So Gail, Gail was like, one of my first like mother figures that I collected when I moved out here. And for the last few years, I haven't seen Gail in 18 years. And I've been the last couple of years, I've been tr- kind of like poking around trying to see if I can find Gail. Cause I, 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 you know, does anybody ever number? Is she on Facebook? Is she this, you know? And I just cause uh, you know, pe- people in my life are a lot of people have passed away in the last year. So I, I'm like, I don't want it to be too late. This woman meant so much to me. Um, so much to me. Oh man. And she was at Jim's memorial and I love it. I, she walks in a friend of mine, uh, no, you know, just gave me her phone number and she, she, she brings her up to me and there's Gail and like both of us, like the, like I have not had that kind of like reunion with anybody. Like it's been 18 years and we hugged for the longest time. And then I pulled away and I laughed and I said, he died, Gail, he died. And she said, Oh my God, you must've felt so free. And she knew exactly who I meant. And, and we were, and we taught, we, we, we caught up for about an hour and it's so crazy. Gail is 70 ish. Um, she, uh, she just started taking drum lessons. She's, she's, uh, she broke up with a friend of 40 years and she, she's filing for divorce and she's like, I don't know. I just feel like I could do better. She's like, maybe I'm crazy cause I'm this age, but I just, and it made me realize like we are never done. You know what I mean? Like God, like if we live this life correctly, we are always evolving, always changing, never like complacent. Like she's just like, I don't know. I just started taking drum lessons and I'm retired now. And I think maybe I want, you know, a different life partner. I think I deserve a better one. And I just like, I was like, Jesus Christ. I, you know, I live such a, like every time, you know, I live in such a way, not in a way, because that makes it sound like I'm putting myself down and I'm definitely not. But like, I, I look at myself sometimes and I'm like, all right, well, once you get over, you know, when, you know, very heavily still mourning, um, Henry, that, that, I think that's going to take a really long time. The other day I heard myself the other day out of habit, I just yelled out Henry. I used to yell at his name all the time. I mostly do it to Lucy now, but like, I just yelled out Henry and I'm still really mourning, um, my friend that died in August, uh, that I've been very vague, vague about, but, um, I just think like, okay, well, once I'm done mourning that or once this, you know, I book a, a big commercial or once, once crawl space, you know, blows up, you know, like all this stuff, it's like, well, one, then, then it'll, and it's just like, no, you'll always be evolving. You'll always be changing and growing if you do it right, you know? And, and like, and it's interesting because we were talking about how her friend that she broken up with over 40 years, it was like, did, do you think she was always like this or you just evolved? And it's like, it's hard to tell. And maybe a little bit of column A and column B, because, you know, I'm evolving out of a lot of friendships and relationships right now. And I don't think it necessarily means like, well, they were bad and I am good. You know, like I just, like I've said, I just don't think it's that black and white, but, and she's taking drum lessons and we're supposed to get lunch soon. And the best part is 
not the best part, but one uh, fantastic part. There was another woman who's about her age uh, back in the day at, you know, 18 years ago. They used to fight all the time, like movie, like they were the same age. They were probably in their 40s, um, 40s or late or early 50s, something like that. And they'd fight all the time. Yeah, early, yeah, late 40s, early 50s. They'd fight all the time, right? They, they were like a sitcom fighting. And then she goes, oh, yeah, I have, you know, she's like, I, I talk to Iris all the time. Like we're like... I'm like, we got to write that movie. That's so funny. And and you don't, and these are like my memories. So you guys, like, you're like, but you know, you're like, who are these people? Who knows? Who cares? But it's just so, oh, life is funny, isn't it? And so right before the memorial, I started going to, and I think I told you guys about this, but I'm not sure. Um, it's so funny. I can talk until my face is blue that makes no sense but you know what I mean I can talk till the cows come home and talk then talk to the cows about being uh molested and abused and my like my fucked up childhood I can talk about that all the time but when it comes to talking about money I'm so fucking uncomfortable and I talked about this a lot um if you're a Patreon subscriber thank you uh but we talked about this a lot Maggie and I did on our do you even lift up babe we talked about money and so I started I recently started going to another 12-step program called uh, Debtors Anonymous. And and I went because, like, you know, I, I'm in my debt and I, I'm, I, you know, I, I was freaked out about money coming in. Now I have this bar job and I'm really trying to switch my mentality about it. Um, but I, uh, I, I, so we started going to this thing and uh, my buddy sent me to it and he's like, it's basically all about self-esteem. So I, I was like, okay, well, I'll learn how to get out of debt and I'll leave. And then I went there and I'm like, oh my God, I love it so much. It is, it's, it's about, you know, I go to a meeting that's business owners. They taught a lot of them grew up in trauma too. And money and trauma live so close together. Like they're neighbors, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're involved, like money and trauma go hand in hand as well. And I, I just, I'm learning so much about it, but my Al-Anon sponsor, uh, when I was in Al-Anon for a long time, I had uh, an Al-Anon sponsor who brought me to this specific meeting like 10 years ago. And I had just broken up with uh, with some guy and I, you know, it was my first like, uh, like my first recovery breakup is what they call it. When you, when you break up, you know, when you have this, uh, you know, you feel all the breakups because you never had felt anything before. So I was a mess, but I didn't hear anything in this meeting that I, that I was brought to hear, Right. I didn't hear any of it. And that sponsor and I, you know, we broke up. She moved to uh, Seattle so I, or Washington, somewhere in Washington. I don't know. Um, and so she moved away and I haven't seen her since. And this is yeah, uh, 10, 12 years ago. And, and so I started going back to that meeting that she brought me to and I, I, it, it's home. I love it. I love it so much. And it's so informative. And there's so many people in there that are like, I don't know if you, if you have like, it's not just like I have debt. It's not, a, it's not just about that. It's about like finding what you want to do with your life, finding passion, uh, self-esteem, self-esteem and money going hand in hand, you know, like gratitude. It's so, it's so great. I feel like I could throw a car every time I leave there. But so I go there on Saturday, right before Jim's Memorial, I go there on Saturday and that first sponsor was there. She and, I, and like she went up and she shared and she didn't see me. And like I, I had to leave early because of the memorial. But I hope she's there next week. I would love to just hug her. I like so this particular church that has uh, the. So if you're not familiar with twelve steps, um, most of them take place in uh, in the basements of churches. This one is actually like the second floor floor of the church, but most of them take place in some sort of church situation, which is. So funny. Because in my experience, most people that go to 12 steps struggle with finding a higher power. Not most, but there's a chunk of us, right? But so this meet this this particular church, it's in like mid-city Los Angeles. And I have been going to this church for years for various their Al-Anon meetings are there, this DA meetings there. There hasn't been any ACA meetings, but but when I cut out my father, when uh God, that's like 13 years ago at this point. I went to an Al-Anon meeting there and this sponsor that I, I hadn't seen in, you know, 10, 12 years, um, I had written a letter to him that, uh, you know, cut severing ties with him and getting him, you know, severing, you know, severing ties with him. I, uh, so I went to this meeting and in this church and I sobbed, I sobbed through the whole meeting. And I remember this like 
kind of nutty woman came up to me and was trying to like talk to me. And I was like, please leave me alone. I have my support. I don't want to like, she, you know, I, I'm pretty like when all of my alarm bells go off, that is like unsafe, unsafe, not a safe person. Um, that's how the person felt. I haven't seen her since, but it was just like, yeah, leave me alone. And then I went outside in the courtyard of this church with another Al-Anon fellow, not this sponsor, but another Al-Anon fellow. And she just let me sit next to her and cry because I knew that I was going to send this letter that was going to completely change my life. And it did. And it was really hard and it was really scary, but it was so that support. And then I got in my car and I called that sponsor and I, I, I know, I think I went, went and mailed it first. And then I called the sponsor and I just cried and cried on the car because I knew, and I was right. You know, a lot of my family took sides. I didn't see a lot of my family until after he died because of that. Um, and I, you know, I, I talked about it a lot on, on the true crime sucks, uh, episode, um, about how a lot of people were like, fuck your family for never talking to you again, or like choosing sides. And it's, it's, it's not great, but it is, it is, you know, it's much, it, and it's not an excuse, of course not, but it's much easier to make me a liar than it would have been to believe that my dad did all those things. And I don't really have those family members in my life that believe that. Um, but I, I sent that letter and I called that woman and I saw her on, on Saturday. And then like two hours later, I saw Gail. Fucking Gail, man. She plays drums. You're always evolving. And then a few days later, uh, I went, you know, the bride I talk about a lot who I cut her out of my life. I dropped out of her wedding and then I clapped out of her life a couple of years ago. And I've been kind of toying with reaching out to her um, recently. And and we had lunch. And it's so, oh, my little cat just came in the room and just wailed like a, like a banshee. What is happening? Oh my God, you guys, I love her. Um, I, uh, yeah, we had lunch. And... This woman, I'll, I'll stick to calling her the bride. I don't know if I've actually used her name on here, but I'll stick to calling her the bride for now. But um, she uh, she shaped so much of who I am. It, it, so these three women, and, you know, I, of course, I didn't see, talk to my sponsor, but I, I think that I will when I'm supposed to. It was just a really bizarre week. Bizarre, heavy awesome. You know, it's weird. Like they all can exist at the same time. You know what I mean? And I'm, I, I just, oh yeah. And I, and only time will tell, tell with the, the bride. We, we had like a two hour lunch. We cried, we hugged, we caught up the best we could. You know, it's been a couple of years. We talked about who we were before our breakup. We talked about who we are now. And and, it, and it's funny because it's like, I don't know. And I've been texting more than she's texting me. And I think that probably has to do with I'm the one who clapped out. And maybe she's like, oh, I don't, you know, worry about uh, jumping in. I, I don't know. It's so funny. It's like such a relationship too. Uh, you know, like worry about. But I've texted her almost every other day. And and I don't know. I I, I do believe in never say never, you know. Um, I always think about that pigeon or that bird. I think he was a pigeon. Did anybody else see American Tail? Um, I feel like I want to rewatch that movie. I really liked it as a kid. Like I loved an American Tail. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's uh, it's about. I think they're Russian mice. If you don't know what I'm talking about, what I'm about to say is just going to sound really insane. But uh, I think they're from Russia and they're mice and they like the cats are like the mob and the mice are like like trying not to get killed or have to give like money to the, the the cats. And so there's a whole song called There Are No Cats in America where the streets are made of cheese. So this like family of mice are trying to get to America because apparently there's no cats in America. I think they have a pretty rude awakening when they get here, but I don't think the cats in America are like the Russian cats, but I'm not really sure. I actually don't even know when this movie happened. I'm going to look into it and I'm going to try and watch it again. I loved this movie as a kid. It scared me. It made me cry. It made me laugh I loved it and then this yeah the, and, and, and so there's a there's a moment where uh and the, the little mouse is named Fievel and there's there's another movie called Fievel Goes West I think that was made like maybe 10 years afterwards and then he instead of like 
he becomes a cowboy, but I don't think I ever saw that one. It didn't, it didn't seem interesting to me. Um, as a child, as a child, I was like, I'm good. I'm good with just, there are no cats in America where the streets are. Anybody else? I like, sometimes I feel like I might've made up that movie, which I know I didn't, but like no one ever knows what I'm talking about. So there is a part in the movie. So he gets separated from his family when they all try to go to America. And uh, so the little mouse is by himself, Fievel. And so he makes friends with this pigeon. And I think it's a pigeon. I don't know. It has a top hat. And, uh, and he sings a song. It's also like a very musically thing, which I don't love musicals. Like the only musical I really love is Grease 2. But it is a cartoon. I guess I really like Hercules and the Little Mermaid as well. Whatever. Okay. So um, that went way off the rails. So um, what am I saying? I am still so paranoid about this like restaurant uh, message. Am I going to get in trouble? Like it's such a weird, like, am I going to get in trouble? Am I going to get fired? And I do also know, I'll go back to five Don't worry. But I also know that if I do, if any of this, like if I, if you know, this, this job isn't what I want to do with my life. So if they don't like me, then there'll be something else better for me. I know that. And I'm always taken care of. And I, that's just me talking to my like inner being and family, like my inner child, my inner, like all of it. That's just like, oh my God, if, if, if I lose this one specific job, because I may have said an F word to a random customer who is maybe a friend of mine, uh, then I will get home, go homeless and die. And that's just not how it works. But I, I want to say I am like really nervous about it. I guess too, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The worst thing that'll happen is they'll be like, Oh, you lost your job and I'll go, okay, well, I'll find another one. You know what I, it'll be fine. So this, this pigeon back to this whole thing, this pigeon. So Fievel gets separated from his family. I never thought I'd bring up Fi uh, American tale on fucking crawl's face, but here we are. So, uh, uh Fi and there's a point to it that goes back to like the bride. And so, he gets separated from, from his family. He's really sad. And he meets this pigeon. I think there are like three lady pigeons that sing to him for a while too, but I don't remember that. I just remember the man pigeon who, the man, the, the dude pigeon who, so he's like, Fievel's like, I'm never going to see my family again. And then the bird sings, never say never. It's like, never say never and never again. I don't know. It's, so it's just basically like, never say never. You never fucking know. Right. The bird doesn't say fuck. Maybe I had to work on not saying fuck. I am who I am, man. And so that's like, that's, I have a lot of friends that I, you know, I talk to about their families and how, you know, they're, you know, I, I have a lot of people in my life I talk to about being estranged from their families and how it's like, I will never, and I just don't never say never, you know, you just never, it's a long life. I never thought I would be able, I never thought I'd be able to see Gail again. And now we're supposed to get lunch soon. I need to call her. Um, I say that all the time with everything, right? I need to do that. I need to do that. I just feel like I'm being thrown back into the world. And it was like, we, we had like, a, you know, a weird break for a while. And now I'm bartending and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm like, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, it's just going to be an adjustment. But if you would have told me, and if, and, and there was like being, friends again with the bride when I was angry I probably said never but I'm really like never say never none of it's you know none of it's black and white and you just never know and that's that's the thing uh the bride the bride had a family member that got sick and this family member meant uh, quite a, quite a bit to me I might have already told you it was her dad last week so I'm not using her name whatever I don't know why I'm so freaked out about anonymity um but like I you know, I reached out to her and, and she was so gracious and grateful that I, that I, she's like, I'm saying, is she on the, after our lunch, she said, thank you for doing that for me. And it was just like, man, you shaped so much of who I am. Like we were best friends for 10 years. Her family, I was her family's second daughter, you know, like they were, they, and it's just, and I thought about it and I like, I have changed light years in the last three years light years. I, 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 I don't even recognize myself sometimes and in a great way, you know, I've changed light years. I think I can afford that to somebody else, you know, like allow, like give somebody else the opportunity to show that maybe they've changed. And, and I don't know, I say all that to, if you're in a part where you're like, I will never talk to that person again or this or that. And I'm not talking about abusive people, um, just never say never, man. You just never, never say never and never again. Um, yeah. It's a weird, heavy week. A rad, heavy week, though. 
Um, and I'm really proud of that Jared episode. I know that that's an odd thing to be proud of, but as a survivor, it, it felt nice to have a voice. It felt nice to have a voice. Um, oh, man. Yeah. I also realized recently, and maybe that's what part of this whole, like, freaked out about being in trouble at my new job. I operate under the assumption that no one likes me and that I'm always in trouble. Someone recently told me that that might be my ADHD, that that's a pretty common thing when you have ADHD that you just assume. And I also think I have the fun combo of having being an adult child of two uh, dysfunctional alcoholics. Um, but yeah, I just operate under the assumption that I'm going to walk in every day at this job and then I'm going to get pulled aside and I'm going to get talked to about various things. Um, and it's just not true. Like, it's just not, a lot of people love me, right? That sounds, I, I this, this memorial really fucked me up too. Like more than, it fucked me up just because there were so many people that gathered for this guy and family was there and all that stuff. And I don't, I, I don't think my family would throw me a memorial and then so, of course, I went into this whole big spiral and started texting a bunch of good friends, making sure that they would throw me a memorial when I pass away, because uh, I know my family probably won't. And that's not something you should really do when you're a person who spent a couple of years telling people that you really wanted to kill yourself. And now you're like, hey, by the way, I'm making funeral arrangements. And I know that, that that's making light of a very unlight thing. I am fine. I don't want to. I, I Thankfully, with all this new stuff that's happening in my world and in my my brain and the, you know, the, the deaths and all that stuff. This is, I'm very, very grateful to say that I am in a mental state that I know I'm going to be okay and that I want to be here. Um, a few years ago, had a lot of this stuff happened, I would not be doing well. Um, I've struggled with bad depression, suicidal ideologies, of course I have, right? You know what I mean? Like I, the, the, the world I grew up in, of course, of course I had, but I am really grateful that where I am right now today, that all of this hardship is happening and I still want to be here and I still know I'm going to be okay. You know? So I, 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 decided to stop asking every friend, like d best friend of mine to make sure that they'll throw me a memorial if and when I go, because <laughs> that's, that's an alarming text to get from someone, you know, who used to struggle with depression, but it really, it, it like these, all these people came together and threw the most lovely memorial. And that's hard when you're, when uh, that, that, like that brings up your own mortality and I, you know, and losing all the people I have in the last like six, eight months, it brings up your own mortality and I guess the only thing you can do is just keep showing up, keep being kind, keep evolving. We're always evolving. I think that's the name of this episode. We are always evolving. Isn't that nuts? So I wanted to ask you guys a question. So I realized that recently. Uh, so there's a, this is a, this is a whole other thing. This is a, uh, a left turn from uh, what we were just talking about. But these are a few things that have been come up in my life recently. And I'm wondering, like, I, how I feel about them. I'm not exactly like, I'm going to die on this hill. I just am curious how everyone else feels about this. So first, I realized I broken up with my sponsor, my ACA sponsor, about a year ago. Um, it's been a year, which is wild. Like we, we, we are, and, and like I said, never say never, never say never. Will it be, maybe that will be the name of the episode. I haven't decided. Uh, I guess you'll find out. You'll know, you'll, you'll know cause you're listening to it and I'll decide in the next half hour. So, but when we like, so we, we broke up and then I was like, um, I was like, you know, after a couple of months, I asked her if she wanted to get some lunch just to like, not necessarily like her be my sponsor again, but definitely just to like, I, I, I have learned in my life and in my, you know, working 12 steps and therapy and all that stuff. If I can run into anyone in the, you know, anyone in my past life and I'm uncomfortable seeing them, I have something on my side of the street that needs to be clean. And, and that's, that's, and that's how I felt about this sponsor that like, if I ran into her and I don't feel that now, if I ran into her, I'd hug her and say hello or whatever, she, however she wanted. And I, I don't feel like she feels the same way about me, but, but I, I've learned 
if there was someone I would run into and I would be uncomfortable running into them, something on my side's not clean. Like there's an amends that needs to be made or I need to bear, you know, whatever. There's something on my side isn't clean. And, and so we were, we were, so my question to you, so we are supposed to go and get, uh, breakfast, lunch or whatever. And, and it, the reason why I was no, it's been a, almost, it's been a year is because it was mother's day. So I was like, do you want to go this day? And she was like, it's mother's day. Things will be closed. And I'm like, well, it's breakfast. Most mothers, like that's where most people take their mothers, right? To brunch. That's like a big mom's thing, right? I think, I don't know. I don't have one of those, but that's, I work at a restaurant and it was packed all day because of mother's day. Right. So and I, so this was two weeks before Mother's Day and I wrote her and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, for sure everything will be open. Um, and then I was like, unless you want to do another day because, uh, you know, unless you, you have something planned for Mother's Day, but uh, that won't be a problem at all. Coffee shops, everything's going to be open because it's, that's where people take their moms. Maybe not coffee shops, but you know what I mean. She never responded. Like, no, yes, no, maybe, like, uh, never, n- nothing, right? Until the morning of Mother's Day, she wrote, hey, are we still getting breakfast today? And I was like, oh, uh, and this happens a lot. And I'm wondering if, not a lot to me, but I've heard it happens to people where it's like, you make a plan, no one, the other person says kind of no, so then you go, well, I'm cool with it, but if you're not, let me know. And then they never say anything. And then the day of, they're like, aren't we going to get breakfast? And it's like, well, you never responded for like two weeks. And that's what he said. I was like, hey, girl, I'm sorry, you didn't respond. So I just assumed the answer was no. Like I, I made other plans. And then she promptly blocked me and unfollowed me on everything. Um, and I also know uh, one thing I've learned very, very full heartedly. Same with the thing on my side of the street being clean. Uh, one thing I've learned in my setting boundaries and getting healthier uh, journey is the best way to put it. Um, you can't set boundaries with an unhealthy person. Every time I've tried to set a boundary with an unhealthy person, the friendship typically just ends and like in an abrupt way when I express a need or, you know, like I'm like, I'm not a person that you can not confirm with and then expect me to just be like waiting and hoping we go to breakfast that day. No, my time is precious. I love myself. No. Uh, and, and, you know, abruptly was done, done. And that was like a year ago. It was a hard, you know, and just like all relationships ending, it was a hard one to end, but it was ultimately the best. But yeah, right. Like you, you just confirm, you don't just be like, well, I'm going to show up and if they're not there, I'm going to be mad. But I also think this is a person who really wanted to be mad at me for something, you know? And, and then there was another thing I wanted to ask you guys. So there's this thing on a radio a couple of days ago where they were talking about when and when you do not split dinner. And I'm not talking about dates that I could have a whole podcast about. You guys know that I, I'm afraid to go back to dating mostly because of the check dance. The check dance makes me want to vomit. Uh, it's just all so uncomfortable. Right. And, and I'm also learning about that in my new 12 step program about money because money and self-esteem go hand in hand. Like I have this weird thing where I'm like, if he doesn't buy dinner, I'm not good enough. But if he does buy dinner, he's going to expect something. So I don't want to buy dinner because I don't want it's a whole psychological thing. And don't worry. I am peeling another layer of the onion because we're always evolving. You're supposed to always, I don't know, so inspirational, Gail. Like the fact that she's like, yeah, still and not, I don't think life is over at 70 by any stretch. I think 70 is a weird age because like 60 super young, 80 is like, all right, that's kind of a good run. But 70 is still like young 80. I, I don't know. I know, I know 80 year olds that are like, Hey, I'm still kicking and awesome. Um, not, that they wouldn't be awesome. You know what I mean? So when it's so not dating, I just mean when you go out with friends, like, like, and this has been talked about and it's such an uncomfortable subject. And I, I'm curious about what your thoughts are. Uh, I always ask this, I am going through my DMS today and tomorrow. So hopefully if anybody is responding to these are like these questions, I am looking at them or email me at kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. So when and when don't you split dinner? So the backstory, like, so it came up, first of all, it came up on a radio show, right? And then people were calling in and giving all the examples of when and when you don't, right? When I think about it, so years and years ago, when I worked at Big Wang's, a bunch of us would always get sushi at this happy hour sushi place. Or we, and, and then we started going to another place that was a little bit more expensive. But all of us but one girl would have relatively the same amount, right? 
like relatively like the same amount of like a couple glasses of wine, a couple rolls. We'd share the edamame, you know, like we relatively that like the four of us, four out of the five would have about the same. And if it was just the four of us, we would just split the bill. Right. But this other girl, this other girl would have like a bottle and a half of wine and then she'd eat the fucking farm. And it was like kind of okay when we were doing the happy hour because it wasn't really that expensive. But when we started going to the more expensive place, they one night invited me and I and I messaged the girl back, one, not, the, not the one who eats the farm, but one of the other girls. I was like, yeah, hey, but I have a kind of uncomfortable question to ask you. Is it any possible, is it possible for us to just get separate checks and cause like, especially at the time I was like not working very much. And I'm like, I can't spend $90 at sushi when I have like two glasses of wine in a roll. You know what I mean? When it's this girl drinking the whole farm and eating the whole farm. Right. So I was like, it's a really uncomfortable thing, but can we just get separate checks? Because, uh, what's her name? I, I don't want to use her name, but obviously I try not to use names. I only use names when I'm talking, when I'm lifting someone up. Right. Uh, that's, that's my goal on here. Um, but, uh, and it's so funny cause I, there's so many people in my life, like they're not really in my life anymore, but there is one broad who used to think everything I talked about was about her. And I finally was like, girl, you got to stop listening to my podcast. I, I can't talk you off a ledge every single week. I just can't do it. Um, she's no longer really in my life, but like it just every week was like, no, I never had sushi with you. Right. Like, it's just so funny. But like, so I asked the girl and I was like, I know that's really uncomfortable, but like, I just don't, I can't spend a hundred dollars tonight to feed this girl, this, uh, this girl who eats a bunch. Um, I'm using so many pronouns that it's hard to maybe keep up, but the, the girl who texts me, she goes, girl, we all feel the same. And yes, absolutely. You're not the only one who asked me that tonight. That was like, Hey, yeah, I'll go, but I'm not spending a hundred dollars when I only ate 50. And so and it was uncomfortable because when the check came, of course, the girl who eats the farm was like, well, I'll just split it. And we all were like, actually, we're going to get separate checks tonight if that's all right. And we did. And all of us were like, yeah, that's way better. My bill was like 50 with the tip. And the other girl, her bill was like 100. And that's, so that, or like when you go to like a big dinner, it's just, it's, I think it's just so, it's, money is so weird. And I'm probably going to talk about it a ton in the next few episodes, just because I am learning so much about my psychology around money and and listening to other people's psychology around money and how uncomfortable everyone is. But yeah, and, and they, 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 I don't think we went to sushi much after with that, that girl after that. I think that she either went away or we just stopped asking her to go. Cause it's just, it's, and it's not if you feel bad, but it is, I don't know. I, for one, I'm a person, like I'll go to lunch with friends. Like, okay, the breakfast I went to the other day, mine, Oh, no, that's a bad example. We all about the same amount. But like most of the time you go out with people and if I, mine is more, the people I usually go out with, mine is more. And by more, I mean like I got cheese on my burger and you didn't like a couple of dollars more or I got a beer and you didn't. You know what I mean? Like under $10 more, maybe $10 more. I'll say if mine is more, I will go. Mine's more. We don't have to split it. And typically the people I'm with are like, no, that's fine. It all comes out in the wash because it does typically come out in the wash, right? When you're with the, the same types of people that aren't like the girl who eats, eats the farm. But if I was her and I had like six glasses of wine to everybody else's two, I would be like, mine was way more. So I'll just get my own check. Like I would never, ever the audacity. But this person is also not my friend anymore, really. Uh, it makes it sound like I'm just breaking up with friends. I mean, you guys have listened to Crawl Space for years. I, I let go of a... Uh, a lot of people, which is, you're always evolving. But yeah, but she, but she, but that was kind of who she was as a person. Like, just like not very, not a lot of wherewithal of everyone else around her. Everything was just sort of about how she felt her being comfortable. But it's just so funny. And then like, if you go, like I have a friend who's sober and he and I will go get tacos and I'll usually get a margarita. And so that's never going to come out in the wash. You know what I mean? Like I will always pay I will always have like a $12 more than him. And most of the time he's like, literally, I don't care. But I, most of the time I'm like, why don't I just tip? I'll tip. We'll split it and I'll get the tip. I just, I don't know. Thoughts, opinions. It's just, I feel like we should just have one handbook where we all follow. And that is not freedom. I understand. But like, I, 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 the more I am a human, the more I'm like, man, there's just so many weird, very small not important situations that we have to navigate, but it is, it is, uh, 
when and when don't you split dinner? And then a lot of the people on the radio show were calling in, were saying things like, well, sometimes I'll go to a, like a big birthday dinner. And this was like a main one. And this, I, I sort of, I, it's uncomfortable because if I was unable to split at a big birthday dinner, I probably would decline and then just say I'm not able to go and then, you know, whatever, make it up to my friend whose birthday it is later. But a lot of people were, you know, a lot of people when they were calling in, they were like in this radio show I was listening to randomly. I never listened to DJs. I don't, I mean, there's like, I like the guys on um, 98.7, I think it is. I don't even know what it's the, it's called the, the radio, the radio network. Um, the Woody show. I do enjoy them. They are, they, the, I think, and this might've been where I was listening to this. No, cause it was the middle of the afternoon. Doesn't matter. They're the morning show. And when I catch them, they're interesting. They're funny. And they're, they, they talk about interesting shit. So I will listen to them, but like most, so any, I don't know what, what got me to listen to this radio show, but, but a lot of people were calling in and they're like their biggest pet, like their biggest splitting dinner pet peeve is that they go to a big birthday dinner and they get like one drink and one small appetizer or one small entree, but then end up having to spend like $150 because, you know, people are ordering big bottles of wine for the table and all this stuff. And it's like, well, if I'm not eating all that, it's so uncomfortable, right? We, when, when, when Ali, I talk about Ali a lot, um, Ali, uh, my old roommate that I met on Craigslist. I know I talk about a lot of people on here. Um, but he's, he's family. Uh, he and I, when we were younger, we would go out and he had this girlfriend and his girlfriend's roommate had a boyfriend and he was a little older than all of us. And we still don't fully know what he does. Um, Ali and I still talk about this guy years later because what he would do is we'd go, you know, we were all like 23 and we'd go to like, we'd go to like Cabo on, on fucking Wilshire. Cabo can't, not Mexico, but Cabo Cantina is like a, like a margarita taco chain in Southern California. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but it's, you know, they, they it's not great food. It's not great. But this, this boyfriend would come and he would order everything right and it took us only a couple of times to be like we'll get separate checks because he would be like ah four shots of, of Patron for everyone or five shots I don't know how yeah five shots of Patron and he'd order 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 the most expensive Patron's not that expensive but if you're at Cabo it probably is the most expensive one but he would order like all the expensive shit and we'd all be like oh uh well we can't he's like no nah, it's fine it's fine and then the bill would come and he would make us split it and we we're all in our 20s and like we're all, we're broke, right? We're like, oh God. So eventually we just started being like, oh, we'll just get our own tab or clarifying. Is this on you, Rudy? Cause I don't know. I just use his name. Um, it'll be fine. Uh, I, 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 I don't even know where that guy is. It's been 20 years. Um, but we're like, is this on you, dude? Um, and, but it's just such a funny thing that we don't talk about. Money is just so, it's just such an, uncomfortable icky topic which is so funny because it's like basically what we need in order to like be here so you'd think we'd want we'd have less of a negative so that's my negative feelings around it right and that's my goal into going into these um this new 12 step uh change my mindset about it because I'm so uncomfortable around it I mean I also I was raised and I'll wrap up we're almost done um I was raised and I didn't realize this. Until, I mean, I knew this, but I didn't realize that it was probably why I'm so weird about money or I'm so uncomfortable with the subject. Uh, my dad, <laughs> I mean, after everything we know, uh, my dad would often confide in me how much money he made. And he would tell me, but then he would say, don't tell anybody. It wasn't really that much either. It was, I mean, it wasn't like not a lot, but it wasn't like, he wasn't making millions. You know what I mean? Like we lived a comfortable Midwestern lifestyle, but like, it wasn't like, you know, but he was like, don't tell anybody. And it was like this weird secret between he and I, and then also anybody who had money was awful. And anybody who was poor was awful. Like it was like, if you don't earn enough, it's shameful. If you earn too much, it's shameful. And that was like where I, that was like what I grew up around. And then my mother, it just depended on kind of who she was with, you know, like if she had a rich boyfriend, she had this guy who had like a mansion in Durango. He had one of those huge long tables. God, I don't know if I've ever talked about him. He's trash. Um, 
one of those long tables with like two chairs, one at each end. My buddy or my buddy, my cousin Gerald and I used to eat just lots of ice cream there um, on, on those and like laugh and pretend we were very rich. Uh, but like so like the money with my mom, it kind of depended on where she, who she was with, like her socioeconomic status. And it's just such a new layer of onion that I am. I know I keep using that, but that is just the only way I can like describe because I like every time I think all right, now I've worked through all that. Now I'm good. Now I'm going to be good. Now I can date. Now I can, you know, get this career to now whatever's sabotaging me in this career. And then I'm like, oh, no, I've discovered something new. So now I have to go back to, and I guess that just goes back to my, my point of this whole episode almost is you're always evolving. If you're doing it right, you're always evolving. Whew. And I don't think I have any poop scoops, guys. I don't have any poop scoops. Um, which really disappoints me because last week I had uh, my friend Liv clarified her poop scoop for me, which was pretty rad. So if you want to leave me a voice memo about, uh, about um, what was I going to say? Oh, I do. I, I did plug a toilet in, in Texas. I'll tell you about that. But if you want to leave a voice memo uh, or down or, you know, record yourself in a voice memo and then email it to me and you can be on crawl space with your and you don't have to use your name. Um, I, I yeah, you don't have to use your name. I guess I have a really distinct voice and I if I wanted to be anonymous, I probably wouldn't be able to do the voice or just type it out. Whatever. Just tell me your poop stories. I want to hear your poop stories. Send them to me. There are so many. I know you all have some. Send them to me immediately. Uh, KimCrawlspace at gmail.com. It wasn't that big of a deal. I was, we were in San Antonio and me and my other host, we were in, we both went into separate bathrooms, which is good that she wasn't in there while this was happening. Cause I did ask her, I was like, Oh, do you want to, cause we were going to change before our event. And I'm like, do you want to come in here? And she's like, no, I'll just go in my own stall. And then I was like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. Cause I'm probably going to poop. And she was like, okay, she is awesome. This woman is one of my favorite people. Uh, but she is, she is, she's a very, normal person um not normal but like not i want to stand inside the toilet while you poop okay no one is like that all right anyway so i go in there and i poop and it's like nervous poop because i'm about ready to um host this big event so it's like nervous poop so it's like not satisfying poop you all know what i mean like it's like it's it's not like yeah i did it it's it's rough right and so i flush and it doesn't flush I was like, oh no, well, I'll change and let it whatever. Maybe it just needs to settle or something. Or like maybe, like it's not even that I plugged it. It just wouldn't flush. It wasn't flushing. And I'm like, fuck. And like, there was only like one big turd. Why is this always my, my first option is I'll just pull it out of the toilet and put it in the trash can. That's literally the first thing my brain said, just pull it out of the toilet. And I'm like, no, you're not pulling it out of the toilet. You're not touching your own poop today, which is a weird thing that I have said to myself more than once. Um, so then I got changed, I got ready, and then I tried to flush again, it wouldn't flush, and then I tried to flush again, it wouldn't flush, and then I came out, there was like four individual stalls, like bat, like locked stalls, with like a sink and a whole thing, so I like walked out, and then I went into the lobby, and the women were like, hello, like the lobby, the lobby ladies, the receptionists, I don't know, uh, I like lobby ladies better, they were in there, and they were like, hello, and I was like, hello, and then I'm like, do I tell them? I'm like, they, they won't know it's me. They're going to have to fix it. And I, I, I just, normally I would just tell them, but I was in a moment in my life that or a moment, in, like in that exact moment, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to have to have an uncomfortable, like which stall, the one to the right. Yep. That's what my poop looks like. I know it doesn't usually look like that, but I'm just a little nervous. Oh, why am I nervous? I should have just pulled it out of the toilet. I just should have pulled it out of the, those are my options that day where I was mentally. The two options were pull it out of the toilet, put it in the trash can or just walk away. And that day I just walked away. And then I asked the girl I was hosting with what she would have done. And she was like, yeah, I would have walked away too. Yeah, it's fine. They go in there every, they have to go in there and check on them anyway. Like they clean them. It's fine. And I'm like, oh my God, why, why is this? And also why wouldn't it flush? It's a public toilet. You should be able to flush a Buick down those things. I don't know. I'm so mad. Um, I'm not. Ha, ah, that's the episode, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am one lucky broad. I am one lucky broad that I had a really rough, a really tough week. It wasn't rough. It was just tough, which are two different things, I think. 
Um, but I had a lot of support around me. I have some of the best human beings I can't even, I, I could ever imagine in my life, in my life. I just, I, I cannot like anytime I, cause you know, I, I, I talked about how I operate under the assumption that nobody likes me. Um, some of the best people I've ever met in my life love me. That's the only way I know I'm must, must, you know, when I'm in my, like, when I'm in my shit and I don't feel lovable, I am able to look at the, the incredible humans around me that just fucking love the, the, the hell out of me. Um, I probably did say fucking to a customer. Let's be honest. Um, well, we just won't do it again or we get fired. Those are the options. Um, those are the, I, I still live very like that's very extreme to the other. Um, but like when I'm having a hard time loving myself, I look around and I, I see the people in my life that love me like full heartedly. And I, I'm so grateful. So I'm one lucky broad with that. Um, you know, the drill, uh, that's the episode as you know, the drill, I was going to say, that's the episode, you know, the drill, um, sw switch them. Uh, if you get a minute, um, you know, leave me a rating, a review. Uh, I haven't had one in a while, but I think it's really good for the podcast. Um, if you would like to join Patreon, uh, Kim crawl, uh, patreon.com slash Kim crawl. I have two bonus episodes every week. I am editing away at this, uh, my book audiobook. It is much harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, but that's good. I like a challenge. Um, you get a free download of that and then, you know, various other stuff. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, thank you so much. It means the absolute world to me. Um, it really does. It's, it's wild to me that, that, that you guys, uh, subscribe to my podcast every month. I, I'm so grateful. I, I don't think I can thank you enough. Um, but yeah, thank you. And, uh, that's it. Thank you for popping by. Thank you for listening. And I hope you're having a safe week, being kind, being awesome. And I'll talk to you all soon. Bye.